Hi, I'm Brenna Ardron, and you're listening to For Your Healing Pleasure. This life can be rocky, which makes healing a big part of it. I started this podcast as a space to explore all that promotes healing. Through the voices of guests, healers, and thought leaders, I hope you gain bits of inspiration for your own healing journey. I believe together we can heal. So without further ado, for your healing pleasure. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the For Your Healing Pleasure podcast. Today, I have Erin Rogers. Um, She is into human design, astrocartography. She's an amazing channel, um, and I'm so excited to introduce her to all of you. Erin, do you want to briefly kind of introduce yourself, who you are, what you do? Yeah. No, thanks for having me, first off. Uh, Secondly, yeah, I'm a channel and an intuitive who has... I would say a big tool belt is probably the best way I can describe it. 14 years in in corporate and then things like human design, astrocartography, to talking to your your guides, angels, and loved ones. And then you and I met over energy healing and breathwork. So lots of breathwork, energy healing, and really being able to work with people multidimensionally to move through blocks and beliefs so they can express from their highest self. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Aaron's tool belt, I we're going to dig into that um more at the top here because you really have delved into such a broad skill set <laughs> within the spiritual world as well as the corporate world and I kind of want to talk a little bit about what your background even was and like what your path looked like to even getting to where you are. Also, I know that you're, what is your profile in human design again? Cause I know you're a three line, but what's the full profile <laughs> yeah, that the may three, help people too? The three is probably pretty <laughs> obvious. So I'm a three, five generator yeah. with, um, mm-hmm. a s- sacral, um, decision-making and for anyone that's ever experienced it, I have a totally open, um, emotional or solar plexus, which I think colors a lot of my experiences, but yeah, that's my human design. Yeah. Yeah. That'll give people some context. And I feel like I I know a few three fives and it can be a really challenging profile to work with. So I hope that anyone out there that's a three, five Aaron, um, is an inspiration or at least gives you some, some tools to work with on your path potentially. But, um, yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about your path to where you are now and what that even looked like. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. I've been going through a lot of reflecting and just like the next, I always think of healing like a spiral for anyone that ever feels frustrated by healing. And I've just deepened into my spiral um with some recent healing but you know I think always pretty intuitive or energetic but just really didn't know grew up in a catholic household so maybe you chuck it up to angels or god and went through my experience and did all the things that I would say are very patriarchal now in terms of like get the good job get the house do all the things in kind of in, in sacrifice of everything else. And I was fortunate enough to buy my first apartment at 27 with the assumption. Mm. I was like, oh, that's where happiness is. Woof. Did that. And I'd say the next day was probably the most depressing day of my life because it finally became apparent that the accomplishment didn't deliver happiness or contentment or all the things I was like anticipating. 
Mm-hmm. And so thus began the journey. And I kind of like giving ages because I was always just so annoyed. Being like, how are these people figuring it out? What's happening? It's like, I've been at it at least consciously for 12 years. Um, and so everyone, wherever you're at, you're in your perfect spot. But basically was a seeker for a lot of years, tried all the things, whether that was tarot card readings or Tony Robbins-esque type leaders and coaches and healers. And I think it was almost exactly three years ago now, I found myself saying to my dear friend, you know, I feel like I have the key and I can't find the door. Mm. And she Mm. kindly told me because it's inside of you. You keep looking outside of yourself. So I was mad and annoyed because I was like, I will pay my way to the answer. That wasn't it. Um, went to my first spiritual coach who had previously been an MD. And so I was like, because I was having a lot of physical experiences that were quite negative, And I was like, it's got to be both. Yeah. I sat in her chair and I immediately connected to like guides and kind of like remembered who I was. And it felt like this moment of being like a fish put back in water. And I was like, I can breathe. Oh my gosh, this is the mm-hmm. most natural thing I've done. And then the months that followed talking to my guides, a few months later, a friend asked me a question. And I was like, oh, well, I just see this answer. And she was like, what do you mean see? I'm like, well, you like the ticker tape in your mind that reveals answers to you. And she's like, no, no, that's not happening <laughs> for everybody. And it was like, oh shit, I'm channeling. Okay, cool. And like, we spent three hours of summertime in the water, like whether it was aliens or her grandpa or like her life purpose or whatever. And we were like, let's just see what comes out. Three months after that, I went to my first spiritual retreat. Felt like I shouldn't be leaving, but I did. My car, my car, I was in the car, got hit by lightning. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I got to change everything like now. We don't have years And so uh, a lot of resistance, but within three months, I had um, quit my job, given up my apartment, sold everything, a bunch of really amazing um, alignment things happened that made it really easy because I had no, I had no safety net. And February 1st, 2020, I started off, drove back down to Sedona. We obviously all know what happened when the world after that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think that's kind of why there was an urgency. There was a reason why I needed to be out of that safety net before that happened. Otherwise, maybe I wouldn't have left. Yeah. And the, the biggest push for change for me is always for better or worse. It's often, it's more uncomfortable to stay the same than it was to change. And that was usually where I had to get to, to make the leap. Um, and we can get into details, but was doing astrocartography and human design. I was still doing some recruitment part-time remote so I could sort of support the transition. Yeah. And sort of fast forward, I guess, almost two years later to the date, it's a, it's a full-time business. I left recruiting a year and a half ago and I'm doing, um, sessions, one-on-one coaching, energetic experiences, group-led experiences, and, uh, I mean, a bunch of things cause I'm a three. Any questions yeah. in there? I don't know if I was cohesive enough or not, but I, you know, happy to answer anything. No, I mean, there were so many beautiful little touch points in, in your story. Um, first of all, I think it's really interesting that discovery of like channeling and like your, um, the way that your intuition works that sometimes like, I, I feel like, um, 
sometimes our own gifts, we just like don't, especially ones that we come so natural to us. We don't realize our gifts at all. We're just kind of like, oh, everyone can do that. Or, you know, like that's not so special. Um, but it's funny for your friend to be like, no, 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 I don't have a ticker tape. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and I think the other thing that I would love to hear you share more about is, um, cause I've definitely experienced this in my own life is, um, yeah, that, that wall that you run up on before you know it's clear that change needs to happen of like, oh, if things stay the same, things are going to go in a spiral that is like, it's more uncomfortable to be in this place of the status quo than to actually take that leap. And um, what were some of those big moments like that happened for you, maybe like when you were in the corporate space or where you really felt like you ran up against the wall. Um, and I guess another question I have is why did human design and astrocartography stick in like the practice that you do? I know those though aren't the only tools that you use, but um, why have you kind of delved in there, I guess? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I first, so for anyone that doesn't know, so I was in recruitment and HR for 14 years yeah. and I sort of stumbled into it in the first place. I was in university. Um, I come from a long line of teachers. I was like, I think for me, that would be, that doesn't feel good in my body, but I don't know what else there is. Cause that's all I was ever served up. Right. We often just follow in what we know. And I was like, mm. I'm just going to go get a job. That's in some sort of sales. I'm just going to see what happens. Um, I didn't go back to university. I stuck with this job. And, um, I think the great thing is I'm tenacious and stubborn. And the bad thing is sometimes I'm tenacious and stubborn. And so I stuck with it and I didn't know what my, my, my head for my ass and figured it out. But kind of had, I realized this anger and frustration of like, I'm doing this good job, but everything is kind of hard. And I'd always like leave a job and be like, fuck that place. Like it's all them. And I definitely had this point where I was like, mm, I'm the only common denominator. So then it's me. So part of my seeking was figuring that out. And then I really wanted to be a leader, but no one believed in me. And so then I was like, you know, I do think it can be hard in corporate sometimes. But I, what the big shift for me was like, well, what can I control? I can change my perspective. I can become more in service. It didn't mean I had to work more, but like more in service, less about what do I get and how can I give? And I think sort of 10 years in that made a big shift and, and I became more of myself. So if you're in human design, I did more things that I loved, like the spirituality and, but it was always, it had to come to like, I'm so uncomfortable. Like I could crawl out of my skin before I'd be like, fine, <laughs> fine. There's yeah. something else. Um, Is that something that you see a lot? Cause I know you're a generator. I I'm an MG. I've had a lot of those experiences where like, is it because we energetically can push more like we kind of like have, you know, the energy that you can spend to like our burnout like happens later. So we can kind of push that wall a bit until it's like, oh, like, no, if I stay a second longer, <laughs> then like I'm going to be completely out. I don't know. Why do you think that happens? 
So I do notice that sometimes it can also be dependent whether your spleen is defined or undefined in terms of your physical tolerance. Um, but yeah, generators, I, th- I think if you've fallen under the conditioning that like our value is work and in some part of our being, we know we can always tap into like pushing through. Um, I think you also just get, you normalize exhaustion. I had just normalized exhaustion and then normalized eating sugar or drinking or whatever I had to do. Like I would, I basically, I was like, I would prop myself up energetically until something would be lighting me up enough to, but it was always just like, I'm going to prop myself up, find something that makes me joyful, maybe like not do that great of a work, kind of like letting myself rest and then like fixing the mistakes I made because I was just so burnt out. Um, And, you know, maybe that was actually the example I was also given, like, you just push yeah. through. You don't love it. Uh, I do currently think that our sacral energy is undergoing a mutation right now in my own personal experience. But historically, yeah, it was like work above all else. And especially yeah. where I grew up, it was like that's defining of who I am. And and then I think if everyone around you is feeling the same way, you're like, well, it's just normal. Like I used to be like when people would be like, I love my job. I'm like, you're a fucking liar. Because <laughs> I'd be like, no one loves their job. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. And I hired people so I would see it. But I always be like, oh, they're, they kind of love it. Or they're just like pumping my tires for interviews and stuff. And then in running my own business, I'm like, oh, you can actually love your work. Like I'm constantly deconditioning myself around working. Because yeah. I'm so, like I started re- working at eight years old, returning pop bottles and then babysitting. And I'd always play sports. Like, so I'd have seven days a week, right? And, and that was just normal for me. It's been right. a full two years of me like, I mean, the visual I get is kind of like unbuttoning your pants and letting your stomach hang out. Like it's taken <laughs> a lot from my body to unwind and I'm still consciously playing with that because I have so much judgment when I can't just do it. Can I just Yeah, just oh my God. There's, there's so much that's so <laughs> illuminating for like, uh, yeah, generators, manifesting generators, there's so much in there that I resonate with of like, yeah, just propping yourself up to like do the work and like the conditioning or the programming in society sometimes um, that work is hard, tough, like, and just get, you have to do it <laughs> anyways. Yeah. Um, but I love that discovery of, you know, um, actually finding joy in your work and in the business that you're doing now. Um, I want to segue into like what you're really excited about in your business. Cause I know there are quite a few things. Um, but, um, yeah, I'd love to talk about kind of some of the things that you offer, um, the types of sessions that you offer, and then as well as the community healing pods that you just started. Um, cool. And kind of delve in there. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll just say one thing on human design and why I love it. And I think any tool that affords this for you is perfect. Although I think we need to then divorce ourselves from the tool at some point. But human design gave me this tangible reflection that I wasn't broken or that I didn't need to be fixed, but I needed to begin to appreciate who I was and that the environment I was in was incorrect. And that literally... Mm -hmm took so much stress out of my body because I was always just like I'm wrong if I could just be more this and more that then I, this would all work and it was like this isn't working because it's not supposed to 
you're some apparently metaphysical being that wants to go channel shit and do energy things. You're not going to get that. It doesn't mean it's true for everybody in the same way it's true for me, but just like let a tool be the invitation back to your truest self, but don't stay there so long that you forget to listen to yourself eventually, right? Because the tool can also become rigid and your truth is only yours within your body. So that just is important for me because I love them. But if you ever have a reading with me, it's intuitive and I refer to the tool because I think it's like a nice visual. And I think that um, that's ideally true for everybody because we can get really it can, it can become just like my, how my job felt. I have to stick to this truth. And you're like, no, your truth is only within your own physical being. Um, right. Yeah. So what I'm excited and about, sorry, go ahead. Just quickly, like, and then what the astro cartography piece, like where did that come in? It's like, yeah. Totally. So I was, had the really good fortune at 17 to be accepted in something called a rotary program. They ship you to another country, you go live with families and you, they put you in high school for socials, like a social experience. And I had never left home before that day. Like I'm a December baby, oh, wow. never left home for three days. And I was like, bye, see you later. My parents were <laughs> crying on their oldest daughter. And it was like, I felt so amazing. I felt different, I felt more myself. And then I like moved to Australia for a year and I traveled extensively. And if you don't, if you can't tell, I'm also a Sagittarius. Um, and so when I found astrocartography, it just gave me this like context to how you can feel so different in these places, but the person next to you can be having a totally different experience. And so just astrocartography is the astrology of place. We take a capture a moment in the sky that you were born, overlay it on the world map. And it means like I went to Cuba, had a really fun vacation romance in Australia. I learned how to think a different way, you know, in France, it was another experience, um, and so again, for me though, the core was, it gave me permission to believe who I felt was inside of me was true and, and be like, oh, this was designed perfectly for how I dropped in and the energies I called into my experience and how I can see them in these tools. They aren't wrong. I'm not meant to be a, a, a sort of like a typical Capricorn workaholic. And supposed to like love right. being in my office all day. That's not my design, my, my being. Um, I use that example because I'm a Capricorn South Node and most of my family is Capricorn. My first love was Capricorn, one of my first best friends. And I was like, this Capricorn energy is intense. <laughs> it's a lot, right? I yeah. was going to ask you about your North Node, South Node, because I was just like, I wonder what, but that makes sense. The Capricorn South Node with kind of your background and where you're moving into now. Um, So, okay. To segue into like what you're really excited about, what you're offering at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, just permission for people's businesses to evolve. Although sometimes you're like, I can't, people are going to think I'm crazy, but What's true for me, no matter what I've done, is that I feel like I have this ability or I know I have this ability where I like I can see the core truth of you and your highest expression when I meet you. And it just like falls out of my mouth sometimes to the point where I'm like, stop doing that thing. (laughs) Go do this. I'm kind (laughs) of like, I can see it for you. Let me be that space holder and let me also create the energetic possibilities in your body to expand into that. And so it first became a tool of human design astrocartography. And then I started just doing intuitive readings with that tool but really I was like yeah like it's important that you're a generator but what's really important is your solar plexus is completely backed up 
and you cannot experience the world no matter what you do until that's cleared out. And so what that's evolved into with the help of energy and breath work, my one-on-one coaching is, uh, it's like undefined, which has been cool because I've had lots of clients be like, cool, let's just do it. So because I have so many tools, I get to arrive in that moment with you and be like, what do you need most right now? What is the thing that we need to move forward? And I believe skill and will can be picked up in most places, but the energetic blocks and the ability to move through something so you can be present is one of my greatest gifts. And so um, that's what happens in the one-on-ones. And then the pods, it was like, that's cool in that one-on-one experience, but sometimes it's really cool to do that in a community, to be cared and held for as you like move through that next experience and then also go like, did that happen for you? And then be like, yeah. Or like just to share and commiserate and, and sort of connect together. And so I'm discovering I really love working with leaders and, and spiritual healers, I would say. So even if you are in corporate, but that's like your sneaky back pocket gift. I love working with those types of people. And it's just, I'm letting it evolve and, and see all those pieces. And then like everything I make, I'm really realizing has that energetic imprint. So I have like astrological experiences that you can just like go and work with Venus and be like, I'm going to pump up my love. I want to vibe with this Venus retrograde that just kicked our butt so I can be in alignment and be present to the energy so I can be here and take, take in the full experience versus just saying being shocked the whole time, right? Some of us are just like, oh I'm so shocked. I missed, I missed it, right? And so just um, supporting people to be present to who they are. And then I am in a deep metamorphosis. I have a YouTube show coming out. I've got these energetic experiences. I'm working with people in new ways. Um, and part of it is just creating bravery in my own body to to be a channel publicly, to like give an energetic report like we do sometimes in our in our entrepreneurship group and be like, yeah, yeah that's, a, <laughs> that's a value. And like, you might not know that you're what you're going to say until you get there, but trust that it will come through if you're divinely guided. So that's one of the muscles I'm building in business to just like deepen into that, um, to know that I'm in response to energy and, and to have a lot of fun, which sometimes is surprisingly really hard to remember to do when you're running your own business. You're like, is it fun? Are you lit up? Are you turned on? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's also important. Oh yeah. I'm supposed to Right. No, I think that like some of it comes from, I know for me, this is, a um, some, <laughs> something with my relationship with money that I'm trying to work with more heavily, but like for the longest time I I've, or I've realized recently I've associated work with being hard, not fun. Like I've separated those yeah. two. And so that has complicated my relationship with money because I'm like, Oh, like, work equals money and Mm. work equals hard. So money equals hard. Like, and I think that, um, no, it's interesting to hear that reminder come in for your business of like, oh yeah, I can be having fun doing this and this can still be my job and my work. Um, I also love your connection to, to energy and all the things that you put out because I think it's so important and it's something that we're increasingly in the collective becoming more tapped into, but, uh, only because I think the whole, we were completely tapped out of it for the longest time. Um, and so people like you bringing that in as your gift is so important. Um, 
I want to segue back into your uh, approach to coaching because mm-hmm. when we were pre- prepping for this podcast, we kind of uh, went down a rabbit hole there a little <laughs> bit. And I think it's a really interesting note because I had already been feeling like um, really attracted to coaches that kind of have this undefined model of like, I'm going to take each client individually. And unfortunately, that's not really what we see a lot in the coaching space. Um, so I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about your perspective. On totally. Yeah. So in human design, um, part of my design is I definitely, I work in rhythms and patterns. And so I also can sometimes, it's so natural. I sometimes forget that I'm like seeing a pattern. And so because I'm in coaching and I've been trying to figure out like, you know, what is it that I'm desiring in these experiences? And, you know, part of me is like, I just want to be the best coach ever. And like, did it and give you all the forms and all the things and did it and like, you know, have the champagne right. and be like, it's a million dollar blah 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 and then I was like wait a second <laughs> why did I come up with that why the fuck am I seeing it on Instagram over and over again and I was like is anyone else connecting to the fact that this is starting to feel like a pyramid scheme there's someone at the top <laughs> who sells their formula and you have to buy in and you have to probably keep buying in not always into their formula and then you don't think for yourself generally speaking and you replicate their formula And the way that you generally make money is by selling your formula. And I was like, that seems like a pyramid scheme. I'm fucking not interested in that shit. And that actually, I'll be like, it grosses me out because I just like, I'm I'm not about that in terms of like the replication without any thought. And I think thoughtlessness is really going out the window. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's in contrast to like, we have all these systems at our fingertips. There's astrology, there's human design of like, um, we're each, we're each uniquely designed beings. So then why would we buy into this thing where, um, it's like, oh, we're each uniquely designed beings that work differently, that um, succeed in a different way, that are lit up by different things, but we're all going to use the same formula to get to a $10,000 a month or whatever. Like, it doesn't make logical sense. Um, So (laughs) it's interesting, like your connection to that and the um, pyramid scheme, because I think there's definitely some truth there. Um, and yeah, I, I'd love you to say more if, if you're willing about like some of the shifts, cause you, you talked about the shift that you feel happening within the sacral. That's like kind of like an, our shift away from like that super defined, like coaching style. Um, say more about that and your perspectives on that. So I want to say one, I think a system and a formula is amazing. Like, I think there is a really great way to have that um, available. And so it's not to say that I don't think systems and formulas are valuable, but if you're never thinking for yourself, that's what frustrates me. It's like, what's your own flavor? I actually really want to know your energetic imprint. And you can like, for me, I really listen to people's cadence of their voice. And I'm like, I can hear the other person's cadence of speaking in your speech that I know that you've changed in the time that I've been witnessing you. And so those are the signals I'm watching. And I'm like, that's cool. You can do the same thing also. And 
but in your own energetic imprint and people have wildly different experiences. I'm here for that. But if you are fucking doing the same goddamn thing verbatim with no thought or originality or desire to express from your own heart, it's just not for me. And so what I've been noticing collectively, (laughs) I feel like I'm like, I'm ready to be controversial, but I'm like, no, let me take it back. So here's the thing. I wildly care and I don't give a fuck at all. You know what I mean? Like, cool, go and do it. But I've noticed that the other part of, of it for my witnessing over the last six to eight months now is that there is a mutation with the sacral that feels in my body like there is an intolerance to perform at the same pace that we used to have the expectation of within the patriarchal structure. It feels like the way the feminine is rising is literally through the physical expression of people's bodies and to be like, I just can't tolerate it anymore. And so it could be the lens that I'm just seeing the world through, but like more talk about the womb and the sacral and the yoni and moving from that femininity, working with your cycle and like having this consciousness of like you are in a feminine expression, not a 24 hour being or a 28 day being and to begin to have these appreciations. And part of what it feels like is happening in my body is that like being inauthentic is like it's not hitting anymore. Like everyone spent too much time online. We got burnt. We got disinterested. We tried to solve all our problems in the same formula. And it's like, no, thank you. And so I think people are, you know, thinking for themselves and more reflective ideally and finding that in my opinion, neutrality is love and anything on either far extreme is fear. And so it's like, be a witness to take in, but then find what's true for you and then work with your own physical body. And the biggest thing for me that we talked about before about generators could just go and go and go. I do not have a second gear anymore. I cannot Mm -hmm. override my fatigue or my lack of energetic alignment with like, just push through. Can't, I literally can't do it. And it drives me bananas because I've been in a season of then learning how to work asking projectors like well how do you plan for your energy because I could always just prop my energy up to make it through um and I think then also having people that guide and coach you to understand that's the most important part versus I don't know let's just say like the perfect landing page now I'm completely biased I think obviously energy is my jam, but like I, I'm turned on by people's energy. I'm pulled in by them mm-hmm. and their expression. And it could be at the perfect Instagram written post. I'm not saying everyone has to be like on camera, but it'll pull me in. Cause when you've made it, it felt aligned in your being. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I know this is true because the most magical wild things happen to me and nothing will happen if I'm dead in the water and I'm betraying my own energy. Yeah, I want you to talk more about like some examples of that because I think those can be uh, so inspiring. But I I want to just say quickly um, about that mutation of the the sacral. I totally see that. Like I think that the um, great resignation in a lot of ways of like just um, people in the U.S. leaving their jobs in mass, like a lot of that was, you know, sacral beings just being like, 
you can't pay me to do this shit that I hate anymore and I can't allow it to happen anymore. People just not allowing that second gear. Yeah. As you describe it, that second gear just not kicking in anymore. Um, so I think that's super interesting and like we see it in so many different ways. And I wonder if some of that is like the collective that, yeah, that collective mutation also, uh, meaning that that second gear as we're describing it like doesn't kick in doesn't kick in anymore because there's not that person next to you that's like you know forcing you forward or like I guess like encouraging you to like have that kick in um but can I I offer something about auras yeah so absolutely I don't know if you or anyone listening has experienced this that you most likely have, but like a very specific example for me is I can, I, I really feel like I experience the aura of like a city. Like I don't just experience the aura of a human, but like it's a collective experience for me. And something that happened when I was in LA last year was I was driving from LA to uh, San Diego, I guess. And I was driving just past Long Beach and I almost fell asleep driving. It was middle of the day. Nothing was wrong. This has happened before. And I pulled over, slept in my car for 45 minutes, but like out like a light, like snoring kind of sleep. I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, (laughs) what the fucking energy in my life? Like this shit drives me bananas. I just don't always know where I'm like unwilling to tune in. And it frustrates me when I feel like I'm limited in my, my life. Anyways, I talked to a lot of friends and they're like, and they're like, well, that I think you were leaving the aura of LA and I think your sacral was propping you up. And once it realized it was out, it like turned off and it was like you were KO'd. Right. But everything's an aura. So if we collectively have an aura around work and generators and MGs who are, let's, I think it's 70% are making up the energy of work. And then everyone else is tapping into our sacral for wisdom. And the more, more people than less all of a sudden go, that's not it. That is not the game for me anymore. The aura around work changes. I'm literally saying this for the first time, but this is what's coming to me. So tell me if this resonates (laughs) for you. But if you think about it, if everything is energy and we collectively buy into experiences to create that, if enough of us say, that's great, but like I have one life to live and I just spent two years in my house and fuck this shit, I'm going to do what I love the most or do my best to get towards that because I don't know, is... uh, that's how we make change is the aura oh, of, yeah. of experience shifts. I love that so much. I love that, um, that picture. Cause I definitely think that's what's happening and it expands the scope because then it's happening to everyone, regardless of sacral being or not, because yeah. I, you you know, all of the types feed off of each other and like a lot of the other non-energy beings, um, feed off of sacral, other sacral beings energy. So it's, if that shift is changing collectively, it's changing for all of us. Um, I love you touching on auras of, uh, cities because, um, I didn't feel that until, uh, the pandemic started. And then I moved back home to Bakersfield and I was hit with, um, I felt like it was like, coming into the portal of like Bakersfield as the city and just like even the portal of like my home, my Mm -hmm. childhood home, I 
all the shit that I had not like, it was like, there was a box of stuff waiting for me to unpack from like high school. And like, you know, before that, and just all the stuff just waiting for me. Cause I, I really, my parents, um, you know, visited me in LA more, um, cause my grandparents live there. So I like, wasn't home that much for like the years prior. And then I came back home for a while and like all this stuff came through and I was like, what the fuck is happening? This is so weird. Mm-hmm. And then someone talked about like places being portals. And I was like, oh, that's what's happening. I haven't like been in this portal in this space. And so I wasn't really, uh, it, I wasn't confronted with any of this stuff until I was like in the energetic space of it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's so true. Like everything has an aura. Um, but I want to you to share more of your crazy experiences. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Cause I think that, um, I don't know. I just think they're cool. So yeah, whatever you want to share. You mean just like the synchronicities of things coming yeah, in alignment? Totally. Yeah. yeah. One of my my favorites, I just think it was so obvious. So you know, if anyone's ever listened to like Lacey Phillips work and you're like, they're like, and then if you're supposed to, and blah, 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 and then the universe and like, oh, I just had this check for ten thousand dollars. And you know, no offense, but they're usually from LA and it's a residual check from a commercial. And I'm in Vancouver, Canada, being like, it ain't nobody, I got no commercial money coming. You know, like this fucking <laughs> <laughs> these checks that come out of nowhere, right? I, I can be a little bit like, ugh. Anyways, so I go to quit my job. And it was very like, I'm going to put my apartment for rent, up, up for rent and see what happens. I'll come back in a week. So I was going to London for work. The apartment was rented in six hours. It's like, oh, wow. shit. shit. I, went to, <laughs> I went to London. Um, and then I was like, so uncomfortable because I'm a t- I can't lie to save my life. So I just had to like avoid the topics at all cost. Come back. I like can't quit the first day. I can't quit the second day. And like it's December 1st and my apartment is being rented out December 15th because I'm a crazy human being. And so I finally <laughs> get a hold of my boss. And the day I quit, the CFO, the CMO and the head of sales. So head of like finance or head of HR, head of marketing and head of sales or something like that. It's officially quits that day. And I'm like, Oh, it's bad timing. So I'm like, I'm just like, I'm apologizing. And, like, and I quit too. <laughs> yeah. And I had, a, like, I had a, a fairly big job. I was, I was overseeing hiring for two thirds of the company globally and leading a team Oof. of 10. And I was like, I am so quitting. And and I was like, I'm really sorry, but I have to go. And I had no savings. I did have a line of credit. So I had like a, like a if I'm really screwed, I, I did have money. I think that's important for people to know. Uh, but I had no savings. Yeah. I had made no plan. He goes, okay, I just need to like, because I was like, there's no rush within reason. But like, I just need to know I have no home after December 15th. So I have to work remotely or something. And anyways, they come Good. back. So there's a little bit of a rush. But like, like... A bit of a rush. like I can do this, I can do this remotely because I was like, oh, I'll just go to my parents for two weeks, be done December 31st, and then go to Sedona. Anyways, they come back and say, hey, could you work till the end of January? We'll give you a completion bonus and we're going to put you up in Vancouver for those six weeks. Vancouver is one of the most expensive cities in the world. And I was like... <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll think about it. I think I maybe negotiated the completion bonus because once a recruiter, always a recruiter. And I was like, the fuck just happened? Oh my right. God. This is some Lacey Phillips shit. And then yeah. I realized <laughs> we're so busy. I convinced, like I talked to my boss. I'm like, you can hire me back remote part time. I'll just do interviews. And for a rate that basically made, I ended up making the same money working part-time as I had for my full-time big job. And I was like, is this real life? Why was I working full-time? And then someone else gave me another remote job for the same amount of money. And I was like, I'm making twice as much as I was making before living wherever the F I want. Now the universe made sure that all shut down quick because of COVID, but like I also had like a a big chunk of money that I was like, Oh, I you got had, it. You had your cushion now. Yeah. Now I had and my cushion. So what do you, in your story, I heard, because, you know, I love Lacey Phillips work. I talk about it all the time on this podcast. Um, but she talks about, or one of her coaches talks about the fast track to magnetism and what I heard or, and you know, there are several, but what I heard in your story was like jumping off the cliff was yours of like, oh, like I'm just, I don't know what's next, but like I trust the universe will catch me and I know this is right for me in some way. Um, what were the energetics of, or what do you think, yeah, the energetics of that coming into place were? Um, do you know, kind of like, was it just like you living in alignment? Like, what do you think like happened for like those manifestations to come through? So I have to say, like, I didn't actually ever follow Lacey's work. I just paid for the membership for a year and like by osmosis, hope it worked. But I listened to an effort for podcast. Anyways. Um, yeah. I think I chose my highest expression. And I, I told the universe, I was like very clear that I was scared shitless and this didn't make sense. And I was fucking mad because I wanted my highest expression to be a really good uh, recruitment manager. Because I was like, that I know, right? So, and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But I trusted, I literally had so much trust in my body that I was like, okay, I can, like I knew I was like, I was a 14 year technical recruiter leading one of the top tech companies in Canada. And like, I know someone's going to hire me. Like there was like a level of like, right. I can figure this out, but I didn't actually go apply to anything. <laughs> it was just like, I'm going to quit. <laughs> and so I do think that would be a level of magnetism of like, ultimately I trusted myself. I had a lot right. of evidence to know that I would be okay, which was important for me. I'm not, I'm actually kind of risk adverse, but um, I took the leap. And then I think I was really kind in my expression, but my belief is the, it had to happen somewhat quickly because I had to be out of that job before COVID because I wouldn't have quit during COVID because it would have been too much of an unknown. Yeah. Um, so I think it, I felt it's a little shoved. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how the universe works that way of like it shoves you out of like if you're living out of alignment or if there's something that's like, we know it's coming, you don't, but like, we got to get her out of here before this next step. Otherwise, like she's going to be in a whole other cycle. Yeah. Um, what uh, you talked a little bit about, like 
was it the lightning striking your car which is that's pretty dramatic or like what was the thing that you were like okay it was interesting yeah because um so one when I actually heard my spirit guides for the first time in like April of that year my spirit guides literally were like this took you long enough and I'm like what they're like we have been trying to get you to pay attention to us for so long and I was like well you fucking should have tried harder do you know how hard it is to be a human and they were like so I I always had this sensation of although we're never not on time I was a little bit late like I was like they were like we were trying for a while um I'm in Sedona I finish up this retreat I have this like pretty amazing experience and I'm like I'm not supposed to leave today and I'm like I'm not gonna stay in Sedona so it was like 500 bucks a night to stay there I'm like I have a plane ticket and so we leave the car gets hit by lightning and for whatever reason my body metabolizes it as like this is your sign you gotta get like listen when we tell you shit and you gotta get the fuck out like you can't have some like two-year cushy pretend plan you have things to do and then on top of it I like got to the airport like 11 like female monks walk in front of me I'm like I've never even seen female monks before and then like I'm walking to the airport and there's a backpack with these sequenced wings on it and I'm like okay Jesus like are you talking to me what's going on and I see the backpack and then I go and get a massage because if you know me getting a massage at the airport is my favorite thing and the Arizona airport or the whatever it's uh, Phoenix is huge (laughs) someone's giving someone an employee tour and they open up the like utility room and the fucking backpack was in the utility room the wings facing me and I was like oh no oh no (laughs) That night, every flight got grounded because of the lightning storm. So I ended up staying an extra night. And I was like, it seems like this is okay. And so that's just how it metabolized in my body. But, you know, when you do your best with an open heart to live in alignment, things like I went to a coffee shop today. The internet has not worked at this coffee shop for me in six weeks. I got there. It worked for the first time in six weeks. I turned and this photographer that I had been recommended like four weeks ago is sitting there. And I was like, Hey, excuse me. (laughs) Are you so-and-so? I think I'm like, started chatting and she like starts telling me her whole philosophy of like taking photos. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Booked. I booked it in. I was in Sayulita and I was needed an, a Canadian lawyer and I'm just like sitting doing my work. If you know anything about me, I love a coffee shop no matter where I go. And I hear this guy talking <laughs> about being a Canadian lawyer and I'm like, the poor guy though. I like didn't see him. I was like, oh, I'm a little crazy. I can't just walk up to him. And then like a week later, I was like really in need. So I like, walked over to him because I'm sometimes a little socially awkward. And I was like, hey, are you a lawyer? And from Canada? And he was like... <laughs> He's like, are you looking at my computer screen? I was like, my head, I'm like, no, it's way creepier than that. I overheard you a week ago when I've been waiting to find you. But ended up being like a good friend and lovely and helped me out and got everything sorted, made my life way easier. And when I'm in alignment, that shit happens to me. Like it's a running joke with my friends. Like, tell me what happened to you today. I'm like, you'll never guess what happened. And I'll be like, and this happened. And then all of a sudden, like even how I got my house in Sedona or like, my house where I live now, before I left my corporate job, I had dinner, like January 15th, 2020, 2020. My parents' friends from South Carolina were in town. They invited a friend. 
they're all in their like 60s and 70s, so not my normal crowd. <laughs> we're sitting, this woman that's like their friend is super into what I'm doing. We're chatting. It's great to connect with her. Her daughter did the same kind of work I do. Fast forward, I'm in Sayulita. They're like, you got to go move to this place in Canada. I'm like, I've been there one time. What do you mean I'm going to move there? I get back to Canada. I'm freaking out because rentals are really hard around this part of the world. I respond to one ad that was like my dream. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to this ad so my subconscious realizes that I can have a really beautiful place, even if things are hard. It's the fucking woman from the dinner a year and a half before because she has a unique wow. name. And I'm like, the only ad I even responded to was hers. And because you're an <laughs> entrepreneur, sometimes not everyone wants to rent to you. We just sit down, have a chat rent it. I'm like looking at the ocean right now. Like it's like, I was like, Oh my God, this was exactly what I asked for. But you have to have the patience to trust and wait sometimes. Cause I would have rather have had the rental unit, you know, when the thought came to me or the, the thing came to me, it was like, I had to be in Canada already coming back being like, I don't know where I'm living this summer. And so sometimes it, you have to also just be patient on timing, but the coolest stuff mm. happens. Um, and then sometimes I'll have like a dry spell and it'll be so annoying because you can actually just get used to being like, hmm, something magical will happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those stories are like so wild. And like uh, my first question that popped into it, I was like, so how the fuck do you do that? Like what? Like, I know it's different for everyone because obviously like we all have our individual uh energies and ways of like getting into alignment but like I guess like maybe talking about like a little bit more like what it looked like for you or what that process of like trusting your guides like listening like all of that stuff like looked like for yeah. you so I I believe all of this is something that you need to build up right like sometimes yeah. I'll tell people to do muscle testing of yes and no to figure out if they're supposed to make make a decision but they'll be like, it didn't work. I'm like, did you start with the biggest decision you had to make? They're like, yeah. I'm like, it's a relationship. Start small. Like <laughs> whether you need to buy the apple or the banana, not like, should I move to Mexico? Like that's a bit of pressure in your body when you've built no prior trust with it. And so I think yeah. it is a trust, right? Like, so it was trust that I like got, that I happened to have a medical doctor who became a spiritual teacher five years later, who someone told me to go see and who then introduced me to my spirit guides. It was like, well, there's some evidence of something is happening. And so some, right. for some people, they need to, I, t I tell them like, keep a journal. When cool things happen, so you can like be like, oh yeah, because it's like building that, that awareness because sometimes it's already happening. We're just like forgetting to log it in our brains. And so then it started out with like listening to an audio to introduce me to my spirit guides. And then it was like, my spirit guides were telling me things and then they're telling me correct things. And so by the time I came to like September, October, it was easier, but like I got hit by lightning in that car and I spent the month trying to pretend like that wasn't the thing. I was like, no, that didn't happen. Like that's not a big, that does not know what that meant. It became literally like my body was going to explode. It was so uncomfortable to deny that truth. That's ultimately what pushed me. I was like, fine, fine. It still wasn't until November that I posted my apartment for, 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 um, for rent. So, but, it, and then it, and then it was like, my friends are very good about being like, but remember that time, remember when that happened to you? And so that just creating some awareness 
so that you can have that memory bank built for you that in those times where it feels quiet, even be able to begin to trust that quiet is something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think that, I mean, it's so interesting that you say you're like, yeah, when I was hit by lightning, I also was like resistant to listening <laughs> to like what the next steps were. Cause I don't think that it, it's still scary, especially if you're like, cause sometimes what the universe is pushing you towards or like telling you to do, you're like, I don't know what to do over there. Like, I don't know, like you want me to get out of the situation. Okay. How, like, what am I supposed to do? And it's like a really scary place to be in. Um, but yeah, like, uh, just to like, I'm still, you know, <laughs> definitely on a journey of, of trust with my intuition. But, um, for me reading the Akashic records was like such a big shift for me. Um, and it even shifted things with my breath work and energy healing sessions, which is what I was doing prior. But, um, the biggest thing was like, when you're reading the Akashic records and the people I was reading for initially were people I did not know at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you say an incantation, you're in the records and you just have to listen and share what is being shown to you or what you're feeling. And most of it doesn't make any sense because it's not for you. So it's not mm -hmm. going to make sense to you. Like, and so that was like one of the bigger exercises in trust for me. And then when those sessions were going well and people were resonating with what was I was saying that to me in the moment felt crazy or just like, this is what I'm seeing, but like, I can't know that, you know, this is real or true or whatever for this person that I've never met before. Um, it changed the way that my energy healing sessions were in breath work because when I was doing something that was like, I don't understand why I'm doing this. Um, I was like, well, I don't always have to understand why I'm doing something. Like sometimes <laughs> spirit totally. is just acting on my behalf and I just have to like follow what's happening, but it doesn't make it any like it makes it slightly less scary, but I feel like there are still moments where people are like, oh, and then you did this. And it like is surprising to me because I'm like, oh, yeah, like that felt crazy to do. But this is what I felt was happening in that moment. Um, <laughs> I don't know how your if any of that resonates or like with being a channel, like how things come through or like how that trust is developed for you yeah I, so I do actually think it's easier to read for people you don't know personally for I me yeah. um it's easier because you're just like there's nothing to to base it on which sometimes so you're like I'm just gonna say this wild thing where sometimes if you know the person and you maybe have a consideration for how it might like emotionally impact them not that I'm like being a jerk to anyone else, but just being like, you know, telling someone their dad's there, if you know their relationship with their dad or he's passed on. Yeah. So there's that. There is definitely in the beginning, people would just be like, just be confident and say it. I'm like, it's really hard to say this thing. And so repetition and yeah. then showing up in the space. Um, 
I like energy healing because I see the coolest, wildest shit in my own experience. Uh, and then they will first share with me because I do. I've only done remote energy healing. I've not really done it in person. So they'll tell me that it's like this, it's like this being like, oh yeah, and like I saw that too, and it's sort of like this really cool confirmation. And um, you know how we talked about intuition like I always want to ask people like well what's happening inside of your head because I didn't know that was happening in mine it wasn't happening everyone else's but I just want to briefly talk to you about what I see in energy healing because I actually just want to hear what you see so how I experience the healings that we um sort of learned I guess in a similar setup and I I had done pranic healing level like one and two before and new new sub stuff but what happens in these sessions is generally speaking they start breathing and I like walk up and I see their spirit guide team around them and I walk up and I'm like, Hey, Hey, how's it going? And like, I check in with them. We have like a chat. I'm like, what's going on today? What do you guys think? Here's what I'm feeling. But like some people's spirit guides are all women in white robes. Someone's is like literally rainbows and unicorns and fairies. And I'm like, oh, this is the coolest team I've ever seen. And so we kind of chat <laughs> And then I will approach the body. And so sometimes the body is wrapped in like an auric field or a multidimensional piece. I see them either as an actual human or like sometimes meridian. Like I just see them all these different ways. And I'll usually check their um, their chakras. But what's been happening recently is I then get pulled up above their head and it's like a quantum healing experience. And me and their like main mm-hmm. spirit guide literally sit in two chairs and we're like, okay, what do you think? Oh, look at that thing happening. And it's like, we're like a witness to and like a space holder for the experience. And then I'll like go back in and like move, it'll be multidimensional. So like from a one to 12 dimensional thing in their body, um, and then sometimes the scariest thing is when all of a sudden their bodies sit up in the experience and they're looking at me and I'll be like, oh, hi. So you're ready to let that go now? They're like, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I've like seen them on so many different levels and all of a sudden it looks like them. And I'm like, okay, so-and-so. Well, great. Like, I know it's hard. We're just going to let that go. And I usually like make a violet flame and we let the thing go and we kind of like complete and I kind of just like let them finish out their experience but I actually have never asked anyone else in the program how it looks to them. So I'd love to know when you experience it with people, how does it occur for you knowing that maybe visual isn't your thing, but what happens for you when you sit with people? Yeah, I'd love to share. It's changed. Um, I First of all, I mean, that's so fascinating to hear like the way that you see these sessions. Um, and uh, I was in a group experience with Erin recently that was beautiful. But what was really interesting is like, she's not a big talker. Like, I don't know if, is that true of um, like one-on-one sessions as well? Or are you kind of like. So yes, I got the hit recently that I'm going to need to start channeling while doing it, which will be interesting. It's like, mm, I yeah. feel like it starts to like, almost like it's, it's coming out of my body is the best way I can explain it. Um, but I'm like not concerned because I'm just like, whatever, like it's all energy. I don't need to say anything, but if right. I'm called to, I, I want to facilitate as the next phase. But yeah, I don't generally speak. I'm just on the energetic field. Which I love that licensing for anyone that's a healer out there because um, I don't, I do speak during my sessions, but I am not a big talker. I like to kind of watch the energy flow and I, I don't always, um, I just try to talk when I'm called to say something. Um, 
So that was super interesting. I love all the images that you see as well. I'm not as visual. Um, I know part of it is, um, I think I block some of my, um, visual, my like visions I could potentially have. Cause for the longest time, um, I was really afraid of like seeing mm. like a spirit or a ghost, like waking up and like there being someone that I was like seeing there and scaring me or like going to the bathroom in the middle of night and someone being there. So I know that, um, I've probably blocked some of that stuff. Um, but when I'm in session recently, it's become very kinetic. So, um, I, what what does kinetic mean? Sorry. Yeah. I'm just like moving around a lot. Like I'll like be in session and like, as they're like getting breathing and stuff, like sometimes I'll be like snapping my fingers or like clapping my hands to the music or like kind of like moving the energy around. Um, recently I've been more called to like work on people's, um, auric field. I think some of that is because, um, a lot of the people I have been working with are trading with other healers. So there's some level of maintenance that they're already mm-hmm. doing like within their chakras. And so, um, but some of them, like, I think things can get trapped in our auric field that we've healed out of our chakras, but just kind of like mm-hmm. get trapped in that space. So, um, the way that my sessions were looking more was, um, doing energetic clearing, like on an auric level. And like, so sometimes it would be, um, like (laughs) irrigating energy, like with like Mm. my guides and their guides. So like actually like kind of clearing the energy within like a certain layer of their auric field. Um, sometimes within a certain chakra, it kind of depends. And like, oftentimes what that looks like is me actually moving my hands and kind of like, um, guiding that energy through and clearing things out. Sorry for anyone that's listening to the recording and not like watching the video, you can, but I'll like move my hands as if I'm like shaking the energy off of, um, you know, whatever space I'm working on, um, and kind of like flicking whatever, like Mm -hmm. is not needed out. Um, and also like doing movements to like, kind of expand like the auric field. So like, um, like spreading my hands out like this and kind of like, um, Mm -hmm. extending like the, size of the auric field or like fortifying the outer like protective layer um yeah and with regard to like sometimes I'll see like I don't see as much but I'll like feel the energy of like the person's guides around them or like um like guides like in ritual around the person so kind of like um, doing a particular ritual or like dancing around them or whatever. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how sessions have looked for me recently. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's wild, man. I mean, (laughs) it's like weird even talking about it sometimes because it's like, 
it sounds so Looney Tunes <laughs> to me sometimes because like I um I don't know I I think that I mean I love talking about this stuff and I think that I don't think it's I don't think it's Looney Tunes necessarily. I do think that it's what's happening, but because most other people don't think it's what's happening, sometimes I get a little shadowy about it, but um, yeah. <laughs> I've I've been so lucky um, in the transition from, from into this. And I think there's a point when it can get really scary. Like we feel like we're just going to lose all our friends. And in some ways I lost a lot of friends, but what I've, been able to create I've met like the most amazing people like shockingly so yeah. like the, the community I was craving when I was like there's nobody holy crap what am I gonna do to the point though that it's so normal that when I'm not with people that are in this realm and I talk and I watch their faces I'm like oh right you've somehow forgotten that everything is energy so I I had a huge shadow around like mental illness and Mm -hmm. sounding or being crazy that's definitely been a long journey for me um yeah. but as you're saying and I was like oh yeah because some people would think this is crazy oh so weird because <laughs> and like that's been a huge journey for me like sometimes when I heal something I can forget how severe it was in my body because I'm just like but every if everything is energy which we know yeah. and then everything is like I can't remember someone said something like the actual like space of all the atoms and everything else comprises into like the size of an apple like we're just empty space and so I'm like it just feels true to me now it's convenient because that's where I live in the world but I'm like that quote unquote that like that makes sense though like it makes sense that like there is no I always just think of like cancer like cancer isn't like a thing in your body it's a mutation of cells in response to your experiences for a whole host of reasons whether it's ancestral or in this experience or what we eat or trauma or stress but like I was like doesn't that I don't know I feel like I'm always you're always looking for evidence that's uh that supports our own bias but I'm like that sounds like energy so yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know. um you know like where a lot of my study delved into it, it's kind of transitioned out a bit. Um, but um, I got super interested in past lives. And so um, I was like reading a lot of books on like on past lives and like, um, you know, case studies on people that had, you know, had like um, sessions and um, reading about like what their past lives were and like what came out of those sessions and stuff. Um, and I got like super interested in just like this very few studies that are being done into this space. And I think that there's only going to be more, but, um, it's cool to see, like, they are beginning to do studies on like mediums and intuitives brains and like how they're different than like another person's brain and like, um, or like what areas of the brain light up when they're like channeling. Um, and I, I just think all of those things are super interesting. And I think there will be a point where like, um, you know, just like the way that we generally accept that there are people that have perfect pitch and like have that as a gift. And it's maybe not a gift that everyone, um, has as close access to that there also are people that may have, you know, a sixth sense of being able to, um, having, you know, prophetic dreams or like, 
um, just like seeing predictions or um, having a closer connection or a better ear for the other side. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I don't know. I think that we're on that path, What, however yeah. slow it is of like people um, beginning to study more of that and it coming more into the mainstream. I personally am in a category where I don't think there needs to be studies to like for mm. something to be true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, Gaia TV has a few amazing programs on the studies, which I thought was super cool. I also, because I feel like maybe you'll see this at Akashic Records, a few times, because people's past lives come in pretty often in session, when mm -hmm. people have injuries in this lifetime that correspond with their past life that's come up to me where I'm like, oh, like I one person I was like, oh, you were a pilot in World War II and you like jumped for some reason and you like this way you injured yourself and the person's like that's the injury I have that specific injury now or like kids that remember their past lives until they get yeah. a certain age and like and NDEs so near-death experiences have been like my obsession I'm like oh my god this is so cool this is so interesting anyways if anyone it's ever so wants interesting to talk about that sometime <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to like deep dive on that because um, yeah. I there was this docu series that I watched um, probably about a year ago now. Um, still, I just love it. It was so fascinating to me. It's called Surviving Death. It's on Netflix. Yes, um, love it. But yeah, uh, it talks about like all of these like different like it talks about near death experiences. It talks about end of life experiences. So experiences people have um, in you know, nearing the end of their life, but like they've um, done some anecdotal like um, data mining on um, people that are in hospice um, and kind of the experiences they have as their life is coming to a close. Um, anything that like is, was around the subject of like um, that space between life beginning and life ending and mm -hmm. all that stuff in the spirit world they have you know a section on mediumship and it was super fascinating reincarnation um so yeah if you're curious about that I still I don't know why I need to get on that train but I do not have like Gaia and sometimes <laughs> YouTube will feed me their like yeah um their ads and stuff. And I'm like, I need to like, this is my space of like, all this shit I like so nerd funny. out about. So it, yeah. it comforts me, which is like such a weird thing to say, but like I was a little kid and I would love watching mediumship shows, which I was like, I should have known sooner, but like, I don't, I don't know why near death, but I'm like, oh, it feels so comforting because when they describe what they see in near death experiences is kind of what I see in meditation. And I'm just always like, mm. it's kind of like that, like, not, oh, I'm not alone. And like this, you would think it would be morbid, but I'm like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. Like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Like, it's like the weirdest, like, oh, this is great. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it's so funny what like resonates sometimes in our bodies. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, as you're saying that, I don't, I don't know that I experience as, as much in meditation, but I've had dreams that like, mm. like I used to have, or I've had several dreams like this where like you're driving in a car too fast around a, a turn or something. And then the car goes off the road and you, you know, time slows down or whatever. And 
um, I was on a clubhouse, like probably a year ago as well, um, where it was a, you know, near-death experience room and people were talking about their near-death experiences. And the one girl that like I listened to her story because I had to do something else, um, she talked about getting into a car accident. They were going too fast around a curve and like the car went off the road and time slowed down and she was like the exact same thing that like I'd experienced in dreams before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've never had that experience in life, thank God. But it is, I think it's really interesting to see like these commonalities of like these experiences within between people and, um, yeah. And like the resonation points of that, um, Anyways, we could talk about talk probably forever about all of this stuff, um, but we'll start to bring things to a close. So is there anything else that you want to like share about before we kind of um, close this episode out? Uh, just briefly, because it comes top of mind is if you know your human design, I want to just offer something that I learned that was really invaluable. When you're, when you're learning to trust yourself or hear your intuition or follow your authority, I want you to ask yourself, am I going to my head first and then taking the best options from my mind to my authority? Or am I truly moving from whatever my authority is? Because life becomes a lot richer when you learn to work with your authority and it's not necessarily going to be the most like innate thing because we're all so mentally conditioned. But that was a life-changing realization that when things weren't hitting, it was because my mind was giving my sacral the best options versus my sacral responding and then trusting that my mind will figure out the how or be resourceful or whatever else is needed um, was a really big shift for me. And I just, I don't think I've talked about it very much before, but something just to offer people to, to play around with and, and to, um, to deepen into and, and that's where the trust is every time we can let our mind relax and let our body our intuition our authority lead i do think um creates more aligned experiences for us yeah i love that tip and that note that's really important because the goal is to be getting out of our head with just in general and um listening more to our bodies mm -hmm. um where can people find you and what do you have going on that you want to share about yeah so you can find me on instagram at aaronrogers.io uh, my website is the same uh, i don't know what my youtube channel should be aaronrogers.io but i think i need to get more subscribers but hopefully by the time everyone hears that that will have occurred and yeah. <laughs> you know we're all learning in business as we go but um you know, I'd love to talk to people about one-on-one -on -one coaching, if that resonated with them, if they feel like they're a leader and they don't need someone to tell them how to do marketing, but how to be in their own energetic imprint consistently for expansion. And if one-on-one -on -one doesn't feel good, but that idea does come and connect on the pods, we're going to run them seasonally and I'm going to work. So astrological new year is going to be the big launch. And we're going to start Yay. moving through with the months and the seasons and the moons as a way to have you be in an energetic alignment. I think it's also a really nice compliment if you're doing a course where you can feel yourself getting like, <laughs> I want to be fully present, but I can't. I think it's like a nice energetic compliment to those pieces. Um, and then just look out for experiences. I think I'm going to do my best to start recording more opportunities for you to be in alignment in smaller bite-sized recorded places. Um 
But yeah, I usually tell a few funny stories, tell you what I've got going on so we can connect. Um, so I'd love to see all you on Instagram and and come say hi, because I think that's like a fun way to just connect and, and have it be a human experience versus, you know, a purely, uh, I don't know, fo- follower weird thing that goes on in this, this universe. Oh, I also TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Do you TikTok? Anyways, come finally TikTok. I'm going to make no. I'm trying to be funny on TikTok. I don't. But I'll follow you on TikTok. I haven't ever done a TikTok. I sh- I don't know. We'll see. I'll feel into it. I've thought of it, um, maybe doing some TikToks. But um, I love that. We'll link everything below um, in the show notes so people can find you easily. And thank you so much, Erin. This was wonderful. And um, to everyone that's listening or watching, we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the For Your Healing Pleasure podcast. You can listen to us on all podcast platforms as well as watch the video on YouTube. To keep up with this podcast, please subscribe. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. I really appreciate it. To keep up with Spiritum Meditation and this podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Spiritum Meditation. If you would like to book a session with me, you can do so at SpiritumMeditation.com.